I'm sports attorney Luke Fedlam, and welcome to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Each conversation, we focus on sharing information and having conversations around how athletes can best educate and protect themselves or their life outside of their sports. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. I'm your host, Luke Fedlam, excited for another episode and really excited for this conversation today as it is something that is both meaningful to me as well as, you know, always awesome to talk with great people on the show. And so today we're going to be welcoming Justin Morrow, who is a professional soccer player in MLS, plays for Toronto FC. And he is also the executive director of Black Players for Change. So, Justin, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Luke. How you doing, man? Happy New Year. I'm sure I'm doing well after yesterday. Good day of hope for our country. Everyone's feeling good and positive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So just uh, New Year, new opportunities, and just thinking about the bright tomorrows that are ahead. Definitely something that I'm looking forward to. Really excited, Justin, to just to chat with you. I wanted to have a discussion around social justice, around the importance of highlighting work that needs to continue to be done broadly as it impacts Black and Brown people really throughout our country and the work that Black Players for Change is doing to that end. And so Maybe if you could just maybe give a, a high-level overview of what exactly is Black Players for Change? Yeah, Black Players for Change is a, a group of professional soccer players, specifically in Major League Soccer, that organized shortly after the death of George Floyd. And we came together for a lot of different reasons. Obviously, the, the death of George Floyd was the boiling point, but we came together to to speak up on the issues that are occurring in Major League Soccer as it pertains to race and kind of some of the things that had happened underneath the surface up until that point. And then to continue to build for the next generation and creating more racial equality in our sport. And along the way, we've just been connected with wonderful people like yourselves and, and other organizations that will fight for social justice on a different platform so that we can round out everything that we're offering as professional athletes to our league and to the communities that we live in. Man, it's awesome. And, you know, Justin is a, uh, a pretty modest dude. I want to share with everybody, too, that Black Players for Change also won the 2020 MLS Humanitarian of the Year Award. So tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, was that kind of a surprise? Was it expected? Or were you on that place where you were like, they better give us this award? I mean, kind of what <laughs> what, what were you thinking? Yeah, I was kind of like that. You know, the, the group had accomplished so much in 2020 and on top of that everything that we were doing was unprecedented you know it's historic the formation of our group a bunch of players coming together to create their own organization that's so visible and so impactful in such a short amount of time it was it was a no-brainer for me i was very happy that they gave it to the group because all the things that we were able to accomplish were only able to get those done because so many players had taken part you know from the protests um to all the different programs that we ran around voting and around grassroots organization in our local markets. It, it really was a testament to everyone's hard work. And it's not something that we could have gotten done with only a few individuals. 
Yeah. So let me ask you this then. So, you know, obviously I, I, I got a front row seat at all of the great work that you all did throughout the year and, and all the great work that you're going to continue to plan to do, you know, as we go forward. But what were your thoughts? Obviously, professional sports leagues have had, uh, I'll say it, uh, challenging maybe uh, relationships with groups of athletes, their athletes coming together, um, you know, potentially for anything. And I think, you know, we saw with the NFL, the challenges that they had um, in the kind of, you know, U-turn that they took as it related to things like, um, you know, Colin Kaepernick kneeling and that kind of thing. What were your thoughts in, in terms of how the league, how MLS would respond to what you're doing? What, what has been, you know, kind of what did you expect? And then kind of what has reality been like in terms of the relationship that Black Players for Change, you know, specifically, which obviously represents a collective of Black players throughout the league. What's that relationship now been like with, uh, with Major League Soccer? There's been positives and negatives for sure. The league has responded in such a positive way in that they've completely opened the doors to us and they've helped us accomplish many of the things that we've been trying to do, whether that's from financial resources, from the time that they've given us, or just the connections that they've given us through their broad network of community partners, corporate partners. And so without them, I, I would say that we wouldn't be where we are today but there's still so much more to accomplish, right? And we're going to need their help in that as well. And so when you talk about things like getting more Black head coaches hired and getting more Black executives, there's going to take some direct programming. There's going to take some change in policy. Those are things we've yet to see yet from the league. We're working on that with them, but everyone is very excited and anxious for those things to start happening and, and those in the meantime, continued to be barriers to, to everything that we're talking about. There was five head coaching changeovers in Major League Soccer this offseason, and, and none of them hired black head coaches. So we still have a ways to go there. Uh, we still have a ways to go to, to hire more executives, although Nita Johnson was hired to be president in D.C. United, which is a big deal for, for our community. So um, you can see that this is at the forefront of the league's mind. Uh, we will continue to to keep it there from Black Players for Change side. But there's there's a lot of work to be done. I think everyone acknowledges that. Yeah. So when you when you think about that, a lot of times when you have action that's taken following an event, and you mentioned, you know, the killing of George Floyd, the spring and summer that we experienced in 2020, a lot of times you'll hear that phrase that, you know, this isn't a moment, this is a movement. How would you, you, you touched on some of it in terms of coaching um, and seeing increased diversity in coaching, but how would you look at Black Players for Change as a movement that transcends just the moment that we saw in 2020 and says, hey, there are some things that, that we need to do and that you know, we're going to be here long term. What do you see kind of on the horizon that um, Black Players for Change will continue to take on? I, first of all, I see us as a, a part of a moment in history, a big moment in history for athletes and athletes. The most special thing about what we're doing is, is being connected to the other athletes in different professional sports. And that's been highly documented, but at the same time, just incredible and, and mind-blowing every time I'm a part of it because I've been in this profession for over a decade now, and I just never had the availability and the, the contact and the networking with other professional athletes that I have today. And to see us all fighting in one direction is special. 
it's really special. And I think in history books, like people will write about 2020 and the role that professional athletes played in stepping up in, in activism and social justice. I think you can see that we had a very large impact on getting out the vote for the presidential election and the Senate race in Georgia. And when people realize how impactful professional athletes can be off the field in that sense, it's really powerful. And it's something that hopefully will continue on past just this time period that we're in and say, this is when athletes as a whole really took a step forward in activism. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something where I remember just the uh, day after, or maybe it was the day of the shooting of Jacob Blake and, you know, just seeing across sports, people just saying, we're not going to play. NBA playoffs are going on. Tennis players saying we're not going to play. Baseball players across. And you just see the, you see the power of sports in capturing the nation's attention. And then what I love is all the work that you're doing that once you have people's attention, that then you can share with them what needs to be changed. What do you want to work on? What are things that need to be addressed um, throughout our society? So I, I appreciate that, you know, in terms of the work that, that you all are doing. Let me make this a little bit more personal for you. <laughs> I know you're like, okay, what's about to come, right? I won't put you on the spot here too much. But, you know, when you're in this place, you're the executive director of Black Players for Change. So in, in certain respects, you know, you, you may be that, you know, that lightning rod as it relates to that, that representative of Black Players for Change. You know, how, what has been people's reaction and or communication to you, whether it's from the league perspective, from, you know, different clubs and their front office personnel, you know, maybe from your white teammates and, and others, um, and just from people, fans in general, what, what kind of um, responses or communications have you gotten from people, positive or negative? I mean, it's just been an absolute roller coaster ride. And I, I, like, I cannot overstate how crazy it's been on all sides. And I say that because there's days of such intense positivity and hope and energy and motivation. And then there's days where you just think that all of your, your efforts are not going to come to fruition, that you know, none of this stuff that you're working on is going to actually work and, and we're not going to make change. And so, you know, I see that sometimes in dealing with the league and I and I continue to see that there are barriers there and, and you feel uncomfortable at times. The work is heavy, you know, these conversations that we've been a part of and and spread all across the world where you're starting to talk about things that you really haven't had a, a real conversation about with counterparts in uh, ever. Really, I was going to say a while, but ever. And and so those conversations are heavy. And so there are times where it's it's difficult and heavy. But then the other time, it's like I'm so energized when I'm with the group of guys and we're on the calls and, and we're figuring out what we're going to do and figuring out programming. And guys are throwing out ideas and I'm helping guide those ideas and making them come to light. Like I get so much energy from that. And that's when I feel most motivated. And times where we implement something successfully, like the the partnership with U.S. Soccer Foundation and the mini pitches that we were able to build, we put our first one in Newark just this past fall. And the energy that I got from that, seeing that actually get done after being on months of calls, like that's so energizing. So 
there are there are a lot of times where I feel like wow we're we're building something and that has been incredibly fun and then there's also times where it's heavy it's heavy and so I feel both sides of it but at the end of the day I'm really happy to be in the position that I am um, it's invaluable experience both leading the guys and growing this organization it's not something that I would change for anything that's that's awesome that's awesome so you use the word energizing and I'll 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 say um, one of the things that was really energizing for me, you know, in addition to and I could I could, you know, list a litany of different things that you all have done that that have given me just excitement to see. But one of the things that really I mean, was one of those chills, you know, kind of hair on the back of your neck is when you all started the season again last year and did the MLS's back tournament and the moment of solidarity that you had at the beginning of that, you know, players wearing t-shirts. I mean, I'll, I'll say that I definitely copped my t-shirt and, uh, you know, saying Black Lives Matter. And I just wonder if you could reflect on that for a minute of what that experience was like. And as a follow-up to that, kind of what response have you gotten around the phrase Black Lives Matter, right? It, it Interestingly enough, I think many would agree that during the course of the last administration, there was that phrase, Black Lives Matter, became very politicized as opposed to being taken on its face. And so I'd just be interested just what your experience was like in, in that moment, but then also kind of what, what reactions you've gotten to saying, you know, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, the experience down in Orlando was incredible. It was one of the, the brightest experiences of my whole career, bonding with the guys like that. It was completely ideated from our side um, and how we wanted to execute it. The league completely helped us execute it. We wouldn't have been able to do that without them. I always mention that because of the COVID protocols, because of everything that it took to get that done, they had a big part in it. And it was just a really special moment because the guys came together. We decided about the shirts. We decided about what we wanted it to look like. We decided about the messaging around it. And then we got together. And when you're on calls away from each other for a long time because of COVID, not playing against each other, and then you get together all in one place, which has never been done before. You play games against each other spread out across the country at week in and week out for years on end, but you've never been in a place with all of the guys together before. And so that was special to be there. Things that I'll never forget are lining up and the different groups of teams right before we walked out and everyone could really feel the moment, but also was really joyed to be doing it together with everyone. The feeling of standing on the field for that long and having my fist raised, my arms shaking and all the thoughts that went through my head, the silence, the deafening silence that was there. Mm-hmm. And then walking off the field and feeling like we accomplished a really big thing and, and something that none of us were ever going to forget for the history of our careers. So that was that was an incredible moment, and then the Black Lives Matter that you're talking about. We we had a T-shirt made in partnership with Major League Soccer and Adidas. One of our players named Juan Creval, who's a player from Georgia, he owns his own clothing company called Creval, and and he's a designer, and so he designed this T-shirt, and it became incredibly popular. Um, we didn't intend to sell it in the beginning. And then of course it was all over television because of the tournament guys wearing it before games. And we just received this incredible outcry for people to, to have the shirt. So, uh, we said, okay, you know, we went through the whole process with major league soccer and Adidas of, of 
figuring out the legal of how we can get that sold, which was a big deal. And we said, okay, we don't want any of the money going towards anything other than the cause, you know? And so we were able to split up that money to, to go towards nonprofits. And it's just been incredible to see the reception of that shirt and it gives you hope and positivity. And at the same time, you have all the conversations that you're talking about, about it being politicized and what it means as a statement. And we have players kneeling after the tournament ends and blowback from the fans there. And so there's been reception on all sides. It's, it's been positive at times. It's been negative at times. It's opened up conversation. And that's something that our group talked about a lot was the opportunity to have the conversations that we couldn't have before. You know, there were players in the player pool that didn't want to wear that shirt and the whole league was wearing it before the game would start and warmups. And there was players that decided that they didn't want to wear it. And so it gives you the opportunity to have conversation with those players and, and see where they're coming from. And really those are the opportunities where we take even small steps to making a little bit of healing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we could talk for hours. Um, We uh, but we always try to keep this podcast, you know, condensed with just, you know, packed full of information. So I'm going to last question that I'm going to ask you. And uh, I know I could I could ask and put you on the spot about, you know, just where everything is at with uh, the collective bargaining agreements and all that kind of stuff. But (laughs) instead, I won't put you on the hook for that. Um, We don't want to we don't interfere with anything. But Last question briefly, kind of what are your thoughts? What do you see in 2021 for Black Players for Change? Kind of where do you see um, the organization focusing and kind of some of the work that people can expect to see uh, from Black Players for Change over over this upcoming year? Yeah, it's it's tough. And I've had this conversation uh, with multiple people because we plan, you know, I think there's a quote about best laid plans, but you don't know what's going to happen in 2021. And I think that's what 2020 really taught us, you know, dealing with the deaths of, of multiple people, police shootings, um, everything that was happening in our country. I think it, it really showed us that we don't know what's going to happen, but I think uh, we have a better idea of how to handle those situations when they do happen. And I think that was the most important thing that we gained from 2020 and so we have we have plans we're we're hard at work about how we're going to get involved in the local community how we're going to push things along with major league soccer how we're going to fight for social justice but like i said you never know what's going to happen in 2021 but we'll be prepared to handle it all amen and let's just uh let's pray that 2021 is a better year uh for issues of social justice and so much more uh than we experienced in 2020 Justin Morrow, man, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time with us today. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate it, man. You take it easy, all right? Absolutely. You do the same. And thank you for listening, for tuning in to the Protecting Your Possibilities podcast. Please do feel free to, to rank us, rate us, you know, whatever it is. Give us the stars. Share it with a colleague, uh, a friend. Um, we're trying to continue to just, you know, address the uh, desires and the needs and the uh, information that that our listeners want to hear. So feel free to reach out to me at Luke Fedlam on social media. Um, you can find me uh, through the podcast as well. But thanks for listening. And we'll have another conversation here again real soon. Porter Wright Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. The content of this publication is not intended as legal advice for any purpose, and you should not consider it as such. It does not necessarily reflect the views of the firm as to any particular matter or those of its clients. Please consult an attorney for specific advice regarding your particular situation.